Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. We're going to do news, but it's mostly the thing that everyone has waited for for the last four months. What the fuck is DC doing? That's the title of this episode. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a list. I'm do you want to read the list? I'll read the list. Let's right. see if I can read your handwriting. It's terrible. I really just scribbled it out. Okay. All right. So the only thing that's on that's not DC that I'd like to cover is uh, there's a lot more Critical Role shit coming your way. <laughs> yep. On- I, I just want to say I was uh, at an event in New Orleans this last weekend with some friends of mine who listened to the show, and they were just perplexed by critical role <laughs> they were like what is that anime shit they're always talking about i was like man they talk about a lot of anime shit you're gonna have to be more specific <laughs> it's like got role in the title i was like oh no oh no that's not just an anime and like that's some guys playing dvd uh, D, and then listening to a podcast of it and playing dvd D, D, and they were they were just fascinated by this yeah so. many hours right um so last Wednesday, it was announced that Critical Role and Amazon have upped their deal to include new shows and possibly movies, uh, the big one being Mighty Nine Campaign 2 of Critical Role. And let me tell you, I don't care about anything else we're going to talk about <laughs> today as much as I care about this. That's, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd throw every other thing in the trash for the Mighty Nine. Um I'm interested in like the the general response to it because I know among among the fans I think Campaign 2 is widely at least like majority considered the best one. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's also like the weirder one. Like the Vox Machina fits into a lot of fantasy archetypes. Mm-hmm. Mighty Nine is just kind of its own fucking thing. So I'm curious to know like what the normal people buy it is going to be on it yeah even by the end of it too it's not even really D D anymore it's a lot of like monsters that matt created and he creates a whole different like kind of magic yep yep a new uh magic type and like again he's already such a well-versed guy in that a lot of those characters are playing new subclasses he created so by the time like they're up there in levels. It's shit you're not going to find in the player's handbook anyway. So, And then to your point, like, narratively, it's so far out there from what a normal D&D yeah, yeah, yeah. campaign is. And I mean, that might be, that might be, I, I don't know is the thing. I don't know what, like, Joe Schmo is going to feel about, like, is the familiarity of, like, the, the general, like, pseudo-European thing, like, mm-hmm. comforting? Or is it, like, fun to be like, oh, this is this is a totally new, like, fantasy? Yeah, yeah. if he were to say that... I mean, Vox Machina is very kind of, like, Tolkien-esque yeah, absolutely. fantasy. Um, Mighty Nine is anything but that. I don't even know how to describe it. I am... I think the reason why it's so popular is you get it from the beginning. You see all these characters grow. You see the relationships develop. And I, I hope people are excited to see that in the TV show. Hurt? I mean, I'll watch it. I liked the um, I liked the previous TV show, so I'll watch the. I you know I I've still never grabbed onto the podcast. I've tried a few times, but I I did enjoy the cartoon, so I look forward to seeing this. Mm. I hope there are movies too. I don't know what that movie would look like, but nope. I hope there are movies. All right, so let's talk about the big thing on God two days ago now. Um, Peter Safran and James Gunn finally announced their. Chapter one, I believe mm-hmm. is what they called it, of the DCU 
Gods and Monsters is how they're labeling it. Okay. And it's a variety of uh, TV shows and movies. One thing that they made very clear is that if an actor plays a role in the film, uh, they will also play the show on TV. They will also play the show in animation and I guess maybe even video games. It's cross like all things. I, you know, I think that's a cool idea. I, yeah, I can remember back with the '90s Superman cartoon. I always thought, man, this cast would just make a good live action Superman movie. So, thinking like that from the beginning, I, I'm I'm into that. Yeah. Um. And so the first thing, I guess we'll go in timeline order of mm-hmm. release or whatever. Except we don't actually have an actual. At least I didn't see one. Like uh, the way you have it written out is is. It's, I don't it, think anything's concrete. Exactly, it's, is, it's the order of the announcement. We're, yeah, you know, we're talking minimum two years, probably like down the line. <laughs> well, the first couple of things that are announced are, are two TV shows. Um, I think all of them are written by James Gunn so far. Uh, the first one being Creature Commandos, which is like the Suicide Squad but with monsters. Unexpected. I, I'm I, I'm super excited about this. I think this is a great thing for James Gunn. I my first thought is who the fuck cares about this besides me? But I would have said the thing, same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy when they yeah. announced it. So I think it's something he's going to be able to do something with. But yeah, it's it's basically you know you got a team of monsters. You got a Frankenstein. You got a Dracula. You got a Medusa, and you know they fight Nazis, which is awesome. You yeah. know. Who doesn't want to see Frankenstein punch a Nazi? Yeah, yeah I think Weasel is coming back from right. Suicide Squad in it. And yeah, just unexpected choice. Sean Gunn is, is getting floated by nepotism for sure. Oh, yeah, he's a nepo. <laughs> yeah, why has everybody decided that that's wrong now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really... Un- I it's mean, always I, bugged me. I I'm mean, just... it's, it's, it's always been a thing. Almost every famous person you look up did not work their way up from the gut. Correct. But um but I just don't understand why now everybody's decided. Gen Z. That, I guess so. Yeah. Um the second one is uh Waller, which is uh, you know, who you're gonna cast better than Viola Davis. Yeah. Right. I said this in the chat. They threw everybody out, but they were like Viola Davis, right. you can stay. <laughs> uh and so they've given her a TV show. I, well, we, you know, we, we didn't play our game that we said we were going to play with. This. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain it. Which, which uh, you know, uh, James Gunn, I, I guess it's been like a two months now. Uh, but, you know, he's still just kind of, the seat is still warm or cold. I don't know what it is. Uh, he just barely got in this new position. Right. And there are a lot of bold proclamations happening here about things that are a long way away. Uh, and, you know, based on the stability so far of the DC universe if they can even call anything that right i think it's it's fair for us to speculate whether any or all of these things will actually right. happen right i mean they have a history of things not having yeah they have a history of making entire movies and then not putting them out jesus christ they sure do so uh i would be i would be furious if i was anybody who worked out that movie right. even if i was like a, like a boom mic guy i'd like kill somebody did you, did you see the quote that Peter Safran said about it yeah, in the press meeting? I did. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, that didn't make me want to see it less. No, yeah. I really, really want to see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. for um, anyone not familiar, he said he thought it was very brave <laughs> of David Zaslav, or however you say his name, to can that movie because it would have hurt the DC brand. 
But yeah, uh, going with the percentages on these, I, I would go with Creature Commandos 90%, just because I think that one's already... I was about to say, the, already the, written. So right. Supposedly, James Gunn has written all the episodes already. Right. Yep. And there's even art right. uh, of it. I actually think this one is probably one that was already in the works before he was put in charge so that's a good chance. so uh, so i think it's just getting folded in with this anyway so i i this one will happen probably. do you think this are saying like this is a show he had already written regardless of being becoming the boss exactly yeah exactly. yeah uh, i think the same thing is true probably for the waller show too mm-hmm. because obviously she is one of like two or three carryovers from the previous suicide right. squad obviously he was a fan of that character um i just don't understand like what that sh- the show is, you know? Yeah, like, well, she's not... I don't think that character is, like, necessarily deep enough to make a show, but I would have said the same thing about Peacemaker, and apparently that show's that's good, wildly yeah. popular. You, got, so. you guys still haven't watched Peacemaker. No. It's so good, man. You guys really should. It's worth wasting your time on. Yeah, and he says this is kind of the, like, in-between season. I feel like this one, with her as the lead, will probably have a little more serious tone, like... Peacemaker was played almost exclusively for laughs, mm-hmm. but uh, even when it was having heavy emotional moments, it would usually have John Cena's underwear, so there was a laugh to be had there. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this one will happen. I'm sure there's going to be superheroes involved with this. I'm sure it's not just going yeah. to no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. So that brings us to the first major film release in July of 2025, which, by the way, I don't know if y'all looked at the release schedule for 2025 already. Fucking stacked. Right. We have Superman Legacy, yep, uh, which is the secret movie James Gunn's been writing for the last few months, which is a Superman movie. Not an origin story. Superman already exists, kind of dealing with the balance of being a Kryptonian alien in this world. Um, some of the things he's pulling from, supposedly, are like uh, All-Star Superman. Um, I saw a couple others I'm drawing a blank on right now. I mean, listen, of all those things he said about it, Sounds like I was the Superman to, I movie was we want to say. I'm so skeptical because you're right. Like they said the right words, all the right words. But I just, every one. I just them. don't yeah. think that they mean it. You yeah. know, I don't trust them. There, there's a comic writer named Grant Morrison. I've brought up on this. Uh, a lot show. of stuff that Grant Morrison wrote is inspiration for a lot of this I, stuff. I think they will probably. They his preferred pronoun is they, but I'm sure I'm going to mess that up as I talk about him on here. But, uh, um. Yeah, I think that Grant Morrison will be brought in as a writer on this. Grant Morrison I, and Tom King, I think. Yes, Tom. Two. Well, I mean, one of these is just an adaptation of a yeah, Tom King yeah. thing. So he I, is Tom King is in the writers' room right. for the DCU. Uh, so I mean, there is a lot of stuff from Grant Morrison to take inspiration to. From All Star Superman's a great one. Everything I, I've said this on a previous thing, but everything he's talked about doing, doing a young Superman, doing a Superman, learning about his powers, learning about you know, balancing his world and stuff. Grant Morrison's first eight issues of action comics really deal with that. And I think this is going to be an adaptation of that. I, it may be wishful thinking, but I think it would be great if it would. Now we would be remiss in our duties to not mention that James Gunn, I can't remember if he directed or produced Brightburn. He wrote and produced. I wrote and produced Brightburn. Right. Uh, which is just a, uh, hyper lazy, hacky take on, Evil right. Superman origin, uh, which I, does not does not preclude him from being able to do this, but it doesn't inspire like super confidence in me. I will say that there's one coming down the list that I think is I have a prediction might play into the plot of this, yeah. and 
also sort of addresses that, but we'll get to that one. But yeah, yeah, Brightburn was fucking awful. And uh, that does not inspire confidence. But again, he said all the right words. Yeah, I kind of hope that after Anthony Starr as Homelander and J.K. Simmons as Omni-Man and Invincible, we're done with the evil Superman because we've got him. And, we and check those boxes. They're great. Who's going to do it better than those two? People? Exactly. I, I, you know, I don't even love the boys, but that guy is great. As yeah, that yeah. yeah. That brings us to uh, the Lanterns TV show. Now, if you've been following along for like four years, we've heard this rumor of uh, there being a Lantern show on HBO Max. It was even cast. It had different generations of Lanterns. Uh, Interestingly enough, did not include the most popular two, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. I think Guy Gardner was the main lantern in that, which minority here would have fucking loved to see. <laughs> oh, no. The, you, you, I don't think you're minority in this room, because I would have loved that. Uh, however, new show retooled um, in the vein of True Detective with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart solving a crime here on Earth, which kind of lame excited for <laughs> excited for those two characters oh i thought it was gonna be space crime and i was trying to decide if that was gonna be fun or really fucking stupid i think they said here on earth but i might be i'm sure the that. crime will be from space yes yeah i mean my only issue with it is i kind of wish hal jordan wasn't there i wish uh, you guys have heard me pitch this a thousand times but i'd love a green lantern movie that was training day in space yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah uh Sinestro and Jon Stewart mm-hmm. I instead I think would be good for that I want Jon Stewart to be the main Green Lantern I'm kind of burnt out on Hal yeah I told you guys a few weeks ago I watched Devotion mm-hmm. just make those two fucking guys Hal Jordan <laughs> I, could, oh, I, I, could to- I haven't even seen that movie yeah. but I could totally get on board with that uh, my other, my other, uh, you know, the one thing we oh, should man, do. Oh, man, he would be so good yeah, as Jon no, Stewart. that's good. Uh, we did, Superman Legacy, I think good chance of happening. I think 75% that's chance of happening. I would go 70, 70 yeah. 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 Um, the other thing we should do is, where do the Guardians fit in? Who's, who, where are they cast <laughs> right. in this fucking thing? Because right. uh, curveball here, Chris Pratt is Hal Jordan. I mean, it's not, it's. Not even a hard stretch for that. I, I could totally see that. He could basically make it the same character. Yeah. This, I'm putting it like 45%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's a good shot. <laughs> I mean, he's a big star. James Gunn loves him. Uh, it'd be a get, and it wouldn't be a stretch for him. Yep. Obviously, he's fine doing TV. He makes like four Amazon shows now. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, curveball here kind of as well. Uh, the Authority as a movie. Um I know nothing about this property. Uh, okay, first of all, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go with my wildest pitch for this. You know who'd make a great director for The Authority? Who? Zack Snyder. Oh wow, that is really throwing a curve. Here, here's why. He essentially tried to turn the nope, JLA. You're into absolutely that. He, right. Yeah, and he is good when he has something to adapt. Not to create, not to come up with his mm. own story, but just to adapt. And the first four issues of The Authority would make a fucking banging movie. Well, he loves he loves heroes that will murder. Right. 
And I, I think that fits. So you say you don't know anything about it. I'll explain. The Authority uh, came from the late 90s. It was actually spun out of a comic book called Stormwatch, which was basically just a comic going nowhere. And, uh, you know, the now canceled writer, uh, Warren Ellis, took it over and introduced some new concepts. Jenny Sparks, who was the spirit of the 20th century, a guy named Jack Hawksmore, who, was, who had superpowers as long as he was in a city. He was the god of cities. Uh The bigger the city he was in, the more powerful he was. Stormwatch in in like basically an aliens crossover. Warren Ellis killed off all the characters except for his own. And then relaunched it as the authority where there was uh, a guy called uh, the doctor who was basically a planetary magician. Think the, the tech lady is named the machine. And then there's the most popular characters, Apollo and the Midnighter, who are basically Batman and Superman as a gay couple. Mm-hmm. And it was a awesome comic at the time. It was, you know, very much, hey, we are these proactive superheroes that just go in and take care of things. Uh, and it sort of introduced the concept of widescreen to comics. These were very, these comics were drawn to look like movies. Mm. Something I hate now, but <laughs> was, was novel at the time. Was novel at the time. Uh, it uh, the first twelve issues of it are awesome. The next four are really good, uh, and this comic sort of gets killed by nine eleven. I would love to see this. I I think. This could also tie into the Superman thing. If one of the things he wants to do is make a point of a superhero is kind, seeming old-fashioned, mm. then the authority would make a great counterpoint. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Next, we have... Oh, what was our percentage on this one? I said I put this one at like 50 or 60%. I put I, this one at 50 I I only put it above. I'd also say like 60%, only because this seems, again, very much like a thing that James Gunn wants to he do. He really... <laughs> he just th- loves these oddball team sort of things. This one is the one I bet he's the most into doing. Yeah. So it's it's going to probably happen. Yeah. And I, I'm sure HBO looks at the numbers that The Boys does and thinks, mm, we could probably do something like that. Mm. Next, we have Paradise Lost, which is an Origins of Themyscira, a Wonder Woman show without Wonder Woman in it, uh, in the same vein of Krypton and fucking Gotham and all these other shows you did not watch. Right. Um, 5%. <laughs> yeah, this one I'm going real low. <laughs> I'll give I, it maybe 12. I mean, particularly since we don't really even know what we're doing with Wonder Woman right now. Correct. Like the... I don't know if Gal is still Wonder Woman. Right. The piggyback of this would have been off how popular Wonder Woman was in that first movie. But we don't even know if she's coming back. We don't know if we're continuing in that direction. So I don't know. Why would I care about this? Why would I care about this? Right. I mean, look, if this was DC's effort to just be like, we want to retell Greek mythology and loosely tie it to the, the DC universe. I'd be fine with that, but that's not at all what they're saying they're doing. So I have no idea like what the premise of this show is. One of the ways that I think this could sell, they won't. I don't think they'll do, which is, hey, let's just do a whole show, no males on the cast, all scantily clad women. Uh-huh. That could sell. Yeah. But we're not going to do that in 2023. So probably. Yeah. They described it as Game of Thrones, and that doesn't do me any favors. I mean, it seems like anything with a large cast they want to describe as Game of Thrones. Or people wear leather. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this hits the Venn diagram of it. Next, we have 
The Brave and the Bold, James Gunn's Batman film. Uh, this will introduce Batman and the Bat family, um, but specifically a father-son story involving Bruce and Damian Wayne. Listen, I've waited a long time, a long fucking time, for there to be a Robin yeah, yeah, yeah. on screen. I like Damian. It's just not what I wanted from a Batman-Robin story. This is I, This is a generational thing in the sense that, like, I don't know, people who are getting onboarded in, into, like, Batman lore, like, Damien is Robin to those people now. Sure. But it's it's just that we've been neglected for so long. Listen, <laughs> listen, here's the thing, though. I agree with what you're saying, but if you made me rank them, I'd probably put fucking Damien in at number two. Uh-huh. But I don't want to see fucking Jason. Honestly, I could even be okay not doing Tim Drake. It's just not what I wanted no, out of sure. that character. There's aspects of it I like. You know, in, in the last iteration of the DC uh, movie universe, I really wanted us to get past Batman's early years and have a Batman where all the villains are already introduced. He's already had multiple sidekicks. And, you know, and we can just do a story going forward with all that stuff in place. I will, yeah. I will forgive this if it has Nightwing in it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think Dick Grayson will be in this. Yeah. I I personally think Tim Drake would have been a better starting point in introducing maybe Damien in that story. Mm. But you know, you've got Batman in place, you have Robin in place. Tim Drake, I mean, Damien's introduced and takes over for him. I've, I think Damien's a weird starting point. And I don't know. Again, I you know, I said this to you guys earlier. I feel like in a way we're getting off on the same wrong foot as we did last time where we had a Batman who was close to 50 and a Superman who was in his 20s. Mm. And we're just doing that again. I don't know why we're doing that again. I'm sure Batman, this Batman will be more, will be younger than Ben Affleck. But I still think, I don't know, where you make him a father, you immediately make him older than Superman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, you have a hard time making them peers at that point. At the at this point, Superman becomes like everybody else in Batman's life. Oh, you're just a sidekick. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, it's on topic, but it doesn't have anything to do with this. One of my favorite interactions, which, by the way, if you guys have never played the Injustice games, surprisingly, pretty fucking good. Right. And the Injustice comics are pretty good, too. The Injustice comics are good, yeah. Uh, there's a really great interaction uh, way between Bruce and Nightwing. And at the time... You think Nightwing is Dick Grayson. Right. And they're on opposite sides. Nightwing is like loyal to Superman. Right. Uh, And there's a bit where they're fighting. And at the end of it, he says, you were never really my son. And um, Damien's like, spoiler alert. Right. Nightwing is like, I am your only son. And he goes, no, you're wearing the only son I ever had. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's what makes it so interesting is that Dick is Bruce Wayne like perfected? Right, is right. the good version, and Damien is the corruptness of Bruce right, Wayne. Right, totally. And we're skipping half of right, that. Right, right, right. Like that's what makes the dynamic good. One hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree with that because yeah, Dick is Batman without the psychosis, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Damien is only the psychosis. Yep. Yeah. Um, that story is. I think that'd actually be fine for the second or third one of these. Right. Like, if you'd introduced him having this dynamic and you get a couple of of Dick being Batman or being Robin and then kind of becoming his own version of Batman, and then you introduce Damien and it's kind of the worst side of it, to me, that's a really interesting triangle. We're we're skipping two-thirds of it, though. Right. I don't know. 
One other thing I was going to say about this, this is also based on a Grant Morrison thing. And one of the things that was cool in those comics is they made the decision that every story, every Batman story ever was in continuity. Even though there had been multiple DC reboots and there was actually a reboot in the middle of his run, he decided that I'm just going to play it, that every story's in continuity. He came up with a pool, cool plot contrivance for stories that didn't work whatsoever or still in continuity. And I think it would be cool if they did that in regards to the other Batman mm. movies with this. Like, this this Batman was the Batman from all the other Batman movies, even though those movies don't make sense yeah. to him. Yeah, and it's also important to note that this does not conflict with the Rob Bat, Bat and Bat, Batman 2, the, what's, right. what's that director's name? Matt Reeves. The Matt Reeves Batman 2. Uh, so, that said, I would say there is a 100% chance that there is another Batman film in the next three years. I would say there is a 40% chance of this Yeah, this is entirely out. dependent on how Superman Legacy does. Yeah, that is worse. Yeah. yeah, so true. And also, I think... I... I personally think it might be kayfabe that they're saying a Rob Batterson is not going to be the Batman of yeah, this yeah. I think it's just so there's not pressure on Matt Reeves' trilogy of movies he's doing. But by the time by the time he gets to three is probably when we're gonna be like halfway through this shit. Yeah. So um I think it still could be him as the Batman. Although it would be weird for him to have a ten-year-old son, even though he's old enough. To. I just I want to say I the only reason I would want that is just because Robert Pattinson in, in like interview circuits is the fucking best. <laughs> he really he's is. Just like he's just like the the rich white girl, but as a guy, and it's <laughs> the best in the best possible way. Uh, like. He's he's Daniel Craig without the malice. You know <laughs> yes, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he gets to a point where he's no longer interested in doing these interviews, but instead of becoming grumpy, he just starts making shit up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh that brings us to Booster Gold the TV show. And this feel I feel like Booster Gold is a character that has been Long wanted. Felt mm-hmm. like he easily could have fit in with the crappy CW shows. I truthfully. definitely feel like they've been talking about yeah. it for quite a while. Um, it still was kind of an oddball to me that this came out. Because you don't, again, nothing about Wonder Woman. Right. Uh, nothing about Aquaman. Right. Nothing about The Flash. Uh, you know, characters that commonly associated with Booster Gold are like Blue Beetle. We don't know what's happening with that fucking movie. Um, but yeah, Booster Gold. Sure, fun character, fun concept. I mean, definitely how Gunn explains it, he gets it. Yeah. You know, it's a guy who's just a loser that realized if he stole some uh, future tech, tech. Yep. future tech and traveled back in time, he could pass off as a superhero. It's, you know, it's good times. He's sleazy. I, Gunn's the right guy, I think, to adapt this. Right, yeah. yeah. It would really fit in well with the kind of uh, storytelling he did in Peacemaker. So, um I mean, as far as this guy wanting to get this done, I'd say this has a high chance of happening. But just it's, uh, for for me, it just the the sheer amount of times I feel like Booster Gold has like kind of got off the ground and then <laughs> just fallen right back to the ground. It's a hard thirty percent for me. <laughs> I, again, and one of the things I'm hoping from this is you know they are going to treat superheroes like they did. In Peacemaker, which is, it's all already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, we don't have to 
explain every new event, every new character. They're just all already there. And Booster Gold's great in that mm. sort of in that sort of world where he can sort of piggyback on other superheroes and, you know, earn their disdain. Mm. Also in the running for Chris Pratt's role in the DCU. Oh, 100%. He That's would true. be very good at that. And he yeah. would that would probably be a better fit for him. Yeah. Um Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, this would be, uh, kind of a grittier take on the Superman story instead of, you know, crash landing in Kansas and being raised by good parents, kind of being stranded in space for 14 years and just making it fucking work. I don't know anything else about it. So, yeah, so, so this I, is a direct adaptation of a Tom King. Here's what I have to say about it. First of all, Tom King's pretty hit and miss with me. He almost always works with great artists, except for Michael Jenin, who fucking sucks. But uh, for the most part, he he works with really good artists, so I usually always get his shit regardless of mm-hmm. whether or not I think this story is going to be good. For some reason, I passed on this shit, thinking, I'll be able to get this fucking anytime. And then they announce this goddamn movie, it's and the first issue is 40 yeah. fucking bucks. This is why comic movies are starting to get on my nerves. They're interfering with my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that being said, I mean, this guy does very cinematic comic books, so I could see how an issue story by him would be easy to adapt into something. And the premise sounds pretty good. The The premise that, you know, basically Supergirl is has a different viewpoint than Superman mm-hmm. because she knew Krypton. She knew everyone who died on Krypton. Mm. So she's a little more hardcore. I don't know if I agree with that take on Supergirl, but I think it could be an interesting movie. Yeah, especially with her paired with Superman. Right. Like the dynamic those two would have. Um, Again, it's so hard to rate these because they're so dependent upon the shit that's come before. Yeah, I was about to say, this far down the roster, nothing is above 25%. Yeah, Yeah, if he doesn't nail Superman, all the, the, you know, the life chances of all those ones blow it go down. Yep. I will say, and we have one more, but it's kind of to the side for me. I do think tonally it feels very, I don't know how to describe it, vibrant. Mm -hmm. Like the characters and the stories they've chosen to tell, I can see very clearly in almost like an animated way. Like it's very bright, very colorful. I think there's a lot of hopeful storytelling in there. I mean, Uh, I I think to your point, I think there's like a good mix. Like they're, they're, they're not just catering to kind of one, I don't know. It's can you have like a superhero ideology? You know, it's not like, it's not all the, the Zack Snyder cynicism. It's not all of like the Marvel kind of like laugh it off goofiness. Yeah. Well, Uh, I think, I think to that point, like if I'm just talking about it, I mean, I am talking about deeper than this, but I can see it visually. Yeah. Everything that is grayscale about the Zack Snyder films, the colored opposite of that mm. in these. Like, you know, and again, we're talking about Superman, like red, blue, and yellow. Like, right. it's a very, like, these characters are all very colorful and bright. Right. And I think we're going to have ho- more hopeful stories. Right. Even if we're having things like The Authority or Creature Commandos or something I, like that. I mean,. I think authority is specifically there for a counterpoint. Speci- mm. Authority is specifically there to show what the rest of it is not. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think these these aren't movies that are embarrassed to be superhero movies, no, which no, most of the sure. DC slate has been. Yeah. yeah. 
Which brings us to our last, which is Swamp Thing. Uh, this will be a film seemingly directed by James Mangold. Um, everyone's saying talks, but while the meeting was going on, James Mangold tweeted out a picture, and then James Gunn retweeted it. Seems pretty fucking right. likely to me. Um, I feel like James Mangold is almost to like GDT level of being attached to things that don't get fucking made. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm putting this one low, but I do think it's somewhat separate than everything else. Yeah. I feel like you could make a Swamp Thing movie and it can be completely standalone right. connection. Right. Um, I mean, I, I hope they do anything but the Alan Moore run. Mm-hmm. Not that the Alan Moore run I, I'm pretty sure great. the Alan Moore run is the inspiration. Uh, it, I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> but there's... There's a lot of other uh, there's a lot of other great Swamp Thing stories that won't send Alan Moore into a tizzy. Yeah, but it's yeah. fun when he goes into a tizzy. <laughs> it's, it is fun when he goes into a tizzy. I can't deny that. Just some bearded wizard, like uh, you know, swatting internet trolls. There's like a weird phase for me in like 2005 to like 2007 where I was obsessed with these like horror DC comic. Right. You know, like Animal Man and fucking Swamp Thing. Like, it was... And I don't even like, like, gory things, but, like, watching humans dissolve and just their bones remain, I was like, I'm fucking cool for reading this. Um, That I really like. So, I don't know. I hope this movie's good. I kind of wish they would have done Animal Man instead. Yeah, I feel like Swamp Thing's kind of been adapted and we just got Man Thing in Werewolf by Night, so... Right. Yeah, I don't know. I... Uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess Swamp Thing is more iconic. Yeah, I don't think Animal Man is taken as seriously right. as Swamp Thing is. But, um, I mean, I guess it'll be fine if they do the more shit. I might as well get used to that's what they're going to do. It's surprising James Mangold hasn't made a comic book movie yet. He hasn't, right? He made The Wolverine, didn't he? Oh, he, oh that's true. He did. Oh, he did I, Logan. I thought he that's why he did Logan, yeah, not yeah, The Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did yeah. The Wolverine and Logan. He did both yeah, of them. Yeah, he did both of them. Oh, well, I was not wrong. Look at that. Yeah. No. They're not very comic booky movies. Though. No, I mean particularly Logan is barely, you know. Yeah, I it's mean mostly the just a guy fighting in the woods. Barely, <laughs> he's it's a an American dude fighting Japanese people. <laughs> he just happens to have the knives in his skin. I mean that that is a very disjointed movie because I mean the first three fourths of it is not comic booky at all, and then it takes that shift to the end where it becomes very, very comic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. I forgot about those movies. Yeah. It's been a while. It's fair. It's been a while. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that's it for me. I don't yeah. know. Do you ever listen to the uh, Adam Scott Scott Ackerman music podcast? I know. I know you've talked about it but before, I, yeah. I'm just, because yeah. that's one of their bits. Anytime someone says it's been a while, someone else has to do it. It's that. also a bit on Critical Role. It oh, is. it is. Yeah. It's not a particularly original <laughs> idea. It's just something that happens yeah. to normal people, I think. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that uh, you were hoping for or expected in this slate that doesn't appear? Oh, Char- characters, question. movies, TV shows you wish they had chosen instead of, I don't know. I know why they weren't clear on what the status is of all of these movies that come out this year. For example... They're not clear about Zachary Levi. Gal Gadot is in Shazam 2. That's why they're not clear about Wonder Woman. Mm. They're not clear about The Flash. They're not clear about Aquaman. Those four characters all have movies that come out this year. So I get not being descript about them. Right. Whereas maybe you were clear about Black Adam, Superman, and Batman. There's no more appearances from those guys. 
I still would have maybe liked to fucking know. Mm. Like, I would have liked some indication. Is it just clean slate? I mean, definitely, you can't say any of those things aren't coming back and not making those movies lame ducks. Yeah. Then nobody's going to see. But you can't say one of them's coming back and not then be saying yeah, the other yeah. one's not. So I, I can get why maybe there's not a Wonder Woman uh, movie on this list, even though maybe there's a Wonder Woman movie on this list. There is a rumor that this is not actually... The full list. Right. Yeah. That there are things that they did not announce. And I, to your point, I mm. wonder if it's because of how it connects to the characters. Right. If you're making a Themyscira show and you're not making yeah, a Wonder Woman. That would be a wild choice. Yes. Right. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that note, is Constantine 2 still happening? Did that new announcement happen I, before James Gunn? It did. And it feels less like. God damn God it. God damn it. Surely he has to know that's a good idea. <laughs> like. Like, never say no to Connor Reeves. Like, not, he's not just, these days. He's just so well-liked. He does, they did say they, they are going to do an Elseworlds title on right. things. And so the Batman will be in that. Joker will be in that. Um, I think the JJ-produced Black yes. Superman movie is still yep. in that. Um, so Constantine too absolutely could. But here's why I don't think it is. John Constantine will, for a fact be in one of these fucking yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, There um, are too many characters that are side-by-side side to fucking John Constantine right. for him to not be in Totally. This. Did anybody else have PTSD when they said gods and monsters of that fucking animated piece of shit from a few years ago? <laughs> I like that animated <laughs> Dude, piece of it shit. it fucking from... sucks. I don't understand why you feel that way. I think it's terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, I honestly never watched I was, it. <laughs> I was going to say, one of the things I like about that that I was, I was hoping they kind of applied to, because I don't know a lot about the authority, but like mm-hmm. I, that I, I kind of like is... So you know the uh, the gods and monsters is a rework of you know it's like Elseworlds sort of thing where they're still the same superheroes but they're different people with very different values you know right. uh, Superman is General Zod's son instead of Jor El Wonder Woman is like is it Big Barda it's somebody from Apoc- uh, right. Apocalypse yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or um, New Genesis I can't remember who it is um, and then Batman is Man Bat. Right. Uh, and my, my thing I like about it is that I think it does that like gray superhero thing better than a lot of other th- media in that a right. lot of other media is just like, ah, we're powerful. We can just do whatever we want. Uh, and then, you know, kind of the, the traditional like DC big three is we are beacons of, of justice, truth. Right. And, you know, like the, the best of human idealism. But one of the things I liked about the, the gods and monsters movie is that it's, New superheroes who are not quite that high ID, like they're they're not like perfect things, right? But they and so there there is like more of a gray area, like the the Superman. I can't remember if he kills or allows people to die. You know, like there there's not quite the same, but still has still has value, still has things that he won't break. They're just not the same. Like he has a different moral line that's not like the perfect ideal, but there's still that line. Right. I think that's what makes like you know kind of the gray anti-hero thing interesting it's not fun if they can just do whatever they want whenever they want and there's no consequences it's more interesting it's like okay well i have a moral compass it's not your moral compass it's probably not where it should be right but like some things matter to me right and that's one of the things i, I liked about that movie and i hope that they adapt into you know whatever their anti-hero thing right yeah you know joseph i'm you know i usually have about as much luck talking you into reading a comic as you do as walking me into watching an anime sure we're gonna talk about that soon anyway so it's fine but you uh you should you should really maybe try the authority okay like i know you you know you loved castlevania yeah well yeah 
you know, in, in, a, in a dirty you way. You enjoy <laughs> I Castlevania. I did enjoy Castlevania. You know, I, I'm not saying you thought it was great, but yeah, it's it's the same sort of trashy fun. Yeah. Um, one more thing I, I was going to say on this. Uh, since they're doing the authority, I one of the things I hope they're planning on doing, there was an authority spinoff called Planetary that basically were, it was sort of like superhero X-Files. It was these three superpowered people who... Uh, who, you know, sort of investigated the origins and the happenings of various Wildstorm superheroes, which just so happened to usually always be some sort of, uh, you know, uh, take on a DC hero. They can introduce that in this, but just use the DC heroes, and it would be a good way to, like, you know, with that as a TV show, you could sort of build the universe between these. Mm. The only thing I have to add to this... And I thought this when they announced it. I didn't say it. I was saving it for the pod, and then I forgot, and you just reminded me. Okay. No Margot Robbie. Yeah. There's no Harley Quinn that on That is there. odd. Yeah. I mean, there's no way I was about to she's say, not coming it would be. Yeah. It would be foolish. It would just, there's yeah. just no reason to do that. <laughs> I think anybody who was in the Suicide Squad is safe. As long as she wants to come back. Maybe yeah, she yeah. doesn't want to come back. Maybe she's I think she it. does, but yeah. That was the one thing I was like, well, that's interesting. Hmm, that is interesting. That's... They don't, there's nothing here that they announced besides Waller yeah. that really ties back right. to everything that come before. I mean, a lot of that might be, you know, what we were talking about with not wanting to show their hand. And also, maybe they want this first list to really feel like a clean break, mm-hmm. even though later they're going to work some of the older stuff in. I hope so. I, yeah. you know, she, you know, uh, the first Suicide Squad sucks, but she was good in it, mm-hmm. and the 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 Suicide Squad is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's it. We talked about it for a long time. Yeah, no, I mean, I I was worried we were going to blow through these points too fast, and now we're fifty minutes in. <laughs> I um, you know, I I think we came out of this pretty positive, considering how not positive we've been on most DC products. That's fair. You know, there's still some optimism left in the pod. Uh, you know, I, I can't decide if that's founded or us just being uh, suckers. Uh, suckers for punishment, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the DC slate as it is so far. But you know, let's let's just hope Constantine is still on there. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the for uh, the news for the past couple weeks. What have we been watching? I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on two things I've talked about recently. First is the Bad Batch. Um, I only am saying this because Joseph and I are on record on multiple occasions about arguing about filler. Um, the last few episodes have been nothing but filler, mm-hmm. and they've been a fucking blast. <laughs> it's not that I dislike it; I just like it to be good. Mm-hmm. And these have been good. One as well as like a um, almost kind of like a treasure hunting. They're going in a tomb, and there's traps and things like that. Always, always will sign up for that. Um, we've seen there another was brought back one of the coolest characters that came out of the Clone Wars that you never ever see again, which is Gunji. Got a fucking Chewy, you know, a Wookiee with a fucking wood lightsaber. <laughs> Should be in fucking everything, and he's not. Right. Um, happy that guy's back. You know, again, it hasn't really advanced the plot of those characters much, but it's just been fun to watch and kind of more reminiscent of the Clone Wars. This show is is definitely more the sequel to the Clone Wars than Rebels is, mm. even though people 
think Rebels is. The second is The Last of Us. Have you watched it yet? I still have not watched. Oh boy! Um, so I want to say a couple of things about it, which is I think the first three episodes are really, really interesting for reasons you know that everyone's talking about, but for another reason, which is like they're the first three episodes are the three ways that you adapt a material. The first one is very literal. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, it's it's almost shot for shot. Yeah, almost identical. Yeah. And it fucking nails. Yep. The second one is like, oh, it's a different medium. We have to change some things, but it's still going to feel similar. Um, And there will be like teases, the things you know, but we're going to adapt it a little bit differently. But it's still like 60% the same, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, made some story changes to fit television better. The third is a completely new story that you have fucking changed a little bit, not drastically, but change some stuff and give them way more detail, and it's fucking killer, oh, too. Oh, boy. All three of them are different ways to adapt a source material, right? and all three of them are great. I'm going to have to watch this. Boy. You guys are really selling this. Yeah, no, it, it's so, it's like, I was apprehensive coming into the series just because it's it's already so good the way it is. Yes. The best I was hoping for, the like the absolute best was, okay, we're going to like get some of the goodness of this story from a medium that a lot of people won't get to experience and put it in, you know, like my my uncle is watching the show. He was never going to play The Last of Us game. So at least maybe he can experience some percentage right. of, yes. of whatever was good about the game. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Like it, it is, it has blown away my expectations mm-hmm. in, in ways I just, I couldn't have expected. The, the third episode, just an emotional gut punch. The third episode is the best end of the world romance movie yeah. you've ever seen holy shit i'm just i'm <laughs> i'm just sitting on the couch weeping <laughs> and my wife comes in like are you okay like i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> like it is there have been movies i think about like you know people falling in love stranded on an island even right. some that are maybe like into the world and this is an hour and 15 minutes 60 minutes of it is this like Two people falling in love at the end of the world, and it's the best version of that you've ever seen. Oh, right on! Like it's, and again, it's not really a story from the game, but all it does is enhance that. Well, and and to your point about you know, kind of like in episode two, they kind of start saying like, okay, you're right about sixty percent, and then there's some other stuff that's we've changed either because you know I I don't know it's more conducive for a a cinematic thing, or just because I don't know we decided let's just make the story different, but. You know, I think because I've played the games that I know what's going to happen. And I was like, "Oh, I know, I know who these characters are. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. Right. Fuck me." Uh, <laughs> it, but in, in like again, in like uh, it was a, the best kind of surprise. So yep, yep, yep. it's really, 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 really good. good. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I didn't really watch a lot this week. Uh, I, I did a little traveling. We went to New Orleans. Uh, boy, this is going to sound haughty to talk about, but we went to the uh, Van Gogh immersive experience oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. thing. It was really cool. Uh, you know, I was expecting to be pretty bummed about it. I get really bummed about suicide stuff. I take that in a little too much. And uh, but uh, man, it was it was just so interesting, and you know, everything was cool. You know, you go through basically a tour of all the, uh, you know, reproductions of all the art. And then, you know, there's some 3D things and stuff like that that are pretty cool. And then you get to the end of it and it's basically like Vincent Van Gogh mixed with the Pink Floyd laser light show. 
And it's super fun. If you were someone who was into being a stoner, uh, I bet it would be even extra fun. Mm. But uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's it's worth a couple hours of your time. Uh, check does, this. Does the Don McLean song play at the museum just over and over again the whole time? It does. It does. <laughs> it has its own soundtrack. They worked really hard on this yeah. thing. You know, I that uh, I you know I, I I was super impressed by it. And now I'm going to attempt a segue. Uh, speaking of Pink Floyd, I, I, this is not something I watched. It's just a little controversy this week that I found so much fun. Did any of y'all hear any of the controversy about the 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon? Mm-hmm. I have not heard of it. Fucking great! I'm I love it so much. I love any controversy where people lose their mind with outrage without paying any attention to the thing. So they, uh, you know, they're, they're doing like a big 50th anniversary box set and stuff. And they did an announcement on the internet and the artwork had dark side of the moon 50. And in the zero on the 50 was a rainbow. People lost their fucking minds. They were like, oh, now Pink Floyd's gone woke. I'll never, <laughs> have they, I'll never listen to them again. Have they never seen the cover? They've of, never seen the cover, apparently. Never so, walked by a Hot Topic. Somebody mocked up a cover <laughs> of it without the rainbow. I was like, I guess this is the cover these people were seeing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it just killed me. I just love shit like that. Kurt, you need to get on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's only stuff like that that I love. Yeah. I just love when, you know, you know, there was a similar thing a while back with Tom Morello when he supported Black Lives Matter and they're like, I'm never listening to Rage Against yeah, the Machine yeah. again. What machine did you think he was raging <laughs> against? Yeah. You know, like, like, have you listened to the f- first line of their first single? Come on, man. Uh, um, the best story of that I've ever heard uh, was on Twitter to Joseph's mm-hmm. point. NPR was tweeting out lines from the Declaration of Independence, and people were responding with, "On July Fourth of all days, <laughs> you're going to be sending this woke shit." And it was it was literally it was just tweeting right. the Declaration of Independence. I just love that shit. Yeah, America love is never not a word. No, America, please. Right, no. yeah. America, please. Do America a- for real life feelings change. Do a lot for of entertainment value. Yeah. You know, what a time to be alive. Anyways, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, I don't think we talked about it the last time we got together because I don't think it was out yet. It's something you skipped, which is The Legend of Vox Machina Season 2 is out. The, the first six episodes nine episodes by the time this comes yep, out yep yep uh and it's i mean it's i don't know if you even knew that it came back hurt but it's back on amazon i knew that it was out i haven't watched any of it yet because i'm assuming we're watching it for an episode so i was just gonna cram oh, it all yeah, in that for week. sure oh I'm no sure. for sure uh but yeah you know it's really good if you haven't started it start it uh this, this is actually not something that i have watched but i just thought of it and i want to remember and tell you specifically okay i'm pretty sure nate bragazzi's comedy special that we saw just went on amazon oh right on yeah cool it's been a long fucking time <laughs> but i i just saw uh, him like mm. hawking for it mm. yeah seen a lot I, of it's, that guy it's in the weird how stuff like that happens because i i saw john mulaney like two years ago yeah i know and that that special that special still not still happened. not out yeah I watched The Menu on HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I don't know if it's better. I think it is better than Transformers. It's... Have you, has anybody else I seen it? I haven't watched it. This is becoming my favorite genre of movies right now. Movies where I'm not sure if that was good. Yeah. Like, you know, I, we talked about... Uh, I, 
I don't think Don't Worry Darling was good, but I enjoyed that movie yeah. trying to figure out if it was good. This sounds like that. I think it probably is. It's got Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Ray uh, Fiennes, uh, Critical Role alum, uh, Amy Carrero. Mm. It, you know, it, it's if you've seen the trailer, you know what the movie is. There's not like a secret thing. There's not a subtext. It's, it's exactly what it looks like. Uh, and there's no surprises in it. It's not a horror movie because there's no parts that are scary. But right. I also it's not like a thriller. I don't know what the fuck it is. Is it very gory? Uh, I don't think it's very gory. Yeah, there's an element of gore. I mean. I mean, I feel like there would have to be with the premise. There, yeah, have yeah, to be yeah. It's just I don't know what it, it's. It's perfectly entertaining. Like I enjoyed I, exactly. I enjoyed watching it. I, I think it's dumb, <laughs> but I, I also liked it. So. I, I want to ask you a question in the least pervy way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- is Anya Taylor Joy naked through most of this movie? Uh, no. Okay, I must have had, <laughs> which this will push me back into the pervy category. Sure. Is, but I must have had a dream at some point about <laughs> a red band version of this trailer uh-huh. where she was just naked through the whole thing. Because I haven't been able to prove it exists, but I swear I saw it. Maybe it's a Mandela effect thing. I don't know. How do we recover from that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> I want to be clear. I'm not super stoked to see her naked. Uh-huh. I'm just convinced I did. I do wonder with this movie a lot. I felt like the general expectation was pretty low for it. Yeah. And then most people I walked out and were like, no, I had a pretty good time. Yeah, right? I, I, like, I think I think that's the correct response. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, not, it's something I put on while I was working, and I would recommend you do the same. It is. It's perfectly entertaining. Uh, the final thing I'm going to talk about is something that I've I threatened to talk about last time we were together. We finally watched the last two episodes of Mob Psycho. Oh, you did it! Uh, and it's it's a show that I, only three seasons long. Uh, you know, it's the whole manga run, whatever. But I feel like it's it's been it's written by the same guy who wrote One Punch Man, and I feel like it's heavily overshadowed by One Punch Man, mostly mm-hmm. because One Punch Man has a very clear premise. It's the title; it's exactly what it sounds like. There's a guy he can kill anybody with one punch, and that's like the source of all of the excitement and the malaise right. Right. in that in that particular story. Uh, Mob Psycho 100, not as clear of a fucking title. Uh, not as catchy. I don't think it, it grabs people, so I don't think it got quite the same attention. Uh, so this is this is my renewed plea for everyone, but specifically for Jason Hurt, <laughs> because I've also said this. I think when this first se- then this season first came out, I do feel like this is the best non Superman Superman story out there, and I say that saying it's better than quite a lot of Superman right. stories. <laughs> What service do I watch this on? Oh boy, it might be on Hulu. It's, I, I, I have Crunchyroll. It is on Hulu. Yeah, but you know the the basic premise of the story is a kind of realish world with some people have psychic powers or whatever. Right. Uh, your main character is Mob, normal middle school student, has psychic powers that are tied to his emotions. Uh, and at an early age became afraid of them and so suppressed his emotions and therefore his powers sort of thing. Uh, and in a world that has these these uh, psychic powers, mobs are, are just like, it's not even like the same thing. That's why it's very much like a Superman story in that there are other people that have things at various scales and none of those scales are even fucking close. Right. Like it's not even like a challenge. Right. But the, the kind of course of the story as far as the seasons goes, the first season is is very much about him learning to kind of re-get in touch with his emotions and deal with that and also deal with the the psychic powers. Uh, The second season is very much of, of like, you know, 
great power comes great responsibility. What are what should I be doing with this? Right. Um, what is the right thing to be doing? Uh, and the third season, in all reality, is a lot of like it's a lot of wrap up stuff. It's a right. lot of we have a bunch of side characters that you like, and we're going to wrap up their arcs too. Right. right. But I, I think the thing that that I think makes it good, and th- that I think makes it a good Superman story, is that even though the whole point is, you know, the whole almost bit of the show is uh, a guy with overwhelming power solving problems that are realistically probably way beneath what uh, uh, he's capable of solving. Right. There, and it is a show that I, I, I want to give credit to. The studio is is one of like the AAA animation studios in Japan called Bones. They made Full Metal Alchemist. They, at the same time, had My Hero Academia, the super money maker of anime these days, and the last season of Mob Psycho, and they said, fuck My Hero Academia. (laughs) We're going to make the last season of Mob Psycho look fucking great, (laughs) Uh, which I love. Right. But yeah, you know, even though there are great fight scenes and whatever, most of the conflicts are solved by, like, changing hearts. It's not about right. beating somebody until they can't fight no more. It's about changing people's minds. Which is what a great Superman story should be. Absolutely. It should be something with all his powers he can't solve. You know, he has to find a way to change the opposition's mind. Yeah, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, especially since we've spent so much time in the last couple of years just doing evil or morally ambiguous <laughs> Superman... Right. Uh, you know, just this, in a way that I don't think feels corny, in a, in a way that comes across as very earnest, the idea that you have this character that is both trying to, like, figure these things out for himself, but also through these personal growth things, he's, you know, changing the hearts of others and inspiring other people by his example. Uh, and, I, you know, like you said, I think that's what right. a, a great Superman story is. I think the the very last arc of, of the third season, like the last three episodes is a retelling of a Superman story that's been done probably too many times at this right. point, right. but done in a way that I think would make Bruce Tim be like, damn, I wish I had done that. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's my hard, hard pitch, and the last time I'm going to bring it up uh, for Mob Psycho 100. Three solid seasons, everyone fantastic, kicks ass, way better than Transformers. If it's available on a service I watch, I will have watched some of it. I love it. You see it. That sounds good. So next week, I'm not going to be here, so uh, probably two weeks, and then I don't know if there's anything good coming out in the meantime. When does Ant-Man come out? Actually, you know what? By then, Vox Machina will be done, right? Because there's only 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vox Machina shit in next week. Are they really going to finish the whole Chroma Conclave arc in 12 episodes? No. Okay. That's, I was like, that doesn't seem possible at this yeah, point. Yeah, my prediction is that we probably will see maybe Umbrasil and Vorigal. Yeah, okay. That, that seems right. Yeah. I, I have something I want to pitch to any of our listeners. Okay. If any of you... Watch that movie where the old ladies are trying to fuck the football players. Tell me what it's like. 80 for Brady. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to know if any of the old ladies gets to fuck a football player. I'm rooting for Lily Tomlin. I sure. She's earned it. Yeah. Uh, I, that is so, <laughs> why. That is such a weird fucking movie. I, I can tell you, I'm probably going to go see it. <laughs> I mean, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you so much. <laughs> I mean... Oh, I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you see it. You're that's a movie you're going to see because you relate to the old lady. Yeah, that's me. You know. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> By the way, for people not seeing us right now, this upset Christian so much he had to stand up and walk away from his uh-huh. mic. Anyway, that's uh, that, 
that's the podcast for this week. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. If we miss anything on the DC slate that you were excited about or things you wish were on there, reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks, Zach Evans, for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.